Welcome to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And Cindy, it's funny, it's that it's that season, right? It's you think of a winter winter doldrums, you think there's nothing going on. <laughs> right? All the football drama has passed, all the other stuff is upcoming, you're waiting for spring. <laughs> but in our business it's it always seems like the time when there are reviews, right? <laughs> there are reviews, there are restaurant guides, there are yeah. opinion. There's and and all the of beard that beard awards, yeah, lots all, of stuff all, goes on this all, time. All of that stuff, mm-hmm. while it's evolved with time, you know, and sort of crowdsourcing of opinion uh, from various search engines and all that sort of business. Right. Um, I wanted to use the time machine for just a second, mm-hmm. and 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 we wanted. To, talk on this topic of reviews of restaurants and people's restaurant opinions. And also later in the program, we're going to bring in Jane Marion from Baltimore Magazine. She's a food editor and uh, and, and and maybe the senior food writer in the market right. and, and have her talk a bit about putting issues together and, and compiling lists and doing all that sort of business from the other side. But <clears throat> from our side... That feeling of like getting your first big review. Oh, it's yeah, like it's huge for a restaurant. You're in D.C. You're waiting for Phyllis Richmond <laughs> to come in. Who we who like we know is going to come in disguise, right? Right. Right. This is this is early '90s, right? So yeah. she's going to come in disguise. We're not going to see her. You're not going to know if she's there. No, and she's going to formulate opinions based on we don't know exactly what. Exactly. Partially <laughs> her experience, <laughs> but it could be like after the fact you find out about. Oh, so and so's got this particular chef buddy, and so and so. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, everyone has their proclivities, right? Everyone has their their personal preferences and tastes, and what's interesting, and 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 prejudices. Frankly, mm-hmm. and that's I mean, it's humans writing opinions about other humans. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. So, but what what is the feeling like? You know that review is coming uh, for you. What was the, what was that feeling in 1992? I'll never forget. Um, you know, when we opened uh, Georgia Brown in D.C., uh, I was the opening executive chef, and and that whole process was uh, that the folks that owned the restaurant wanted to do something southern and wanted to do something um, fine dining, and I had suggested low country cooking because John Martin Taylor had just come out with his cookbook on low country cooking, and he was a friend of mine, and my father's in Charleston, and is an incredible writer and and a and a low country person, grew up there. And so when I suggested that concept, um, you know, really did a tremendous amount of research. And then, of course, you were the opening general manager there. And it was just very exciting because it was it was a very exciting time in my career for me. It was very, very pivotal point for me because I was actually doing a cooking that I kind of felt like came from really came from my heart, came from my uh, part of my my childhood, having lived in North Carolina when I was little. And then, yeah, and then it just I mean, I feel like I've dragged that whole kitchen through that whole process. I had to train every single person in that kitchen how to do that food. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I put you my put, heart, you put and your soul heart and into soul that. into it. I absolutely put my heart and soul into that restaurant. And I mean, and the soul of a lot of other people because I was walking in the pathways of West Africans, Western Europeans, Native Americans. I mean, all these wonderful groups of people with all this incredible cooking background were what defined that cooking. And then she 
finally came in and reviewed us. And then the guy from the Washingtonian reviewed us. And I mean, I was just waiting for it. You know, we were both, you and I were both waiting yeah. for it because we wanted the restaurant to be successful. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're on pins and needles. You, you know, you're scared every time you send a plate of food out that that's the person. And no matter how confident you are about something, you know, I'm speaking for myself, no matter how confident I am about something, I'm still scared they're going to find something wrong with it. Um, so, yes, I mean, it's 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 also one of the hardest things in the in our business to open a restaurant. So physically demanding, mentally demanding. Yeah, you 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 whittled yourself down. You, I think you lived on Coke. Oh, Coke I, Cola I think and I weighed about 115 pounds when Coke we opened Cola that restaurant. Coke Cola and Biscuits for about six months. Right. There. Vernon Jordan yeah. told me, you know, he well, Vernon Jordan loved our food, which was extremely exciting. What a wonderful man. He, um, he did not dig the collard He greens. didn't like my collard greens because <laughs> I was trying to do. He made that clear. I was trying to do, uh, you know, slightly healthy collard greens that were not cooked for eight yeah. hours on the back of the stove. Come and on, he was Cindy. Not no, happy no, with no, me. no Nouvelle collard greens. <laughs> that was great, though. But anyway, yeah. And then, you know, the the. Phyllis Richmond's review came out, and that what's I can't think of the man that was a writer for the Washingtonian, but whoever he was said that I left the stems on my shiitake mushrooms, which I would never do. I mean, never would I do that, and I will never ever forget those words written in print. I was horrified that he said it, that it was there, and it was wrong. So, but yeah, it was yeah. Anyway, the reviews were great for the restaurant, but after the fact, that particular gentleman would come in for lunch from time to time. And he always wanted me to open a bottle of wine that he had never seen oh. and tell him all about it. <laughs> and then after a while, it became like, sit and have a glass with me. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. And, yeah, it, that's cool. I but didn't it, know that. It, it definitely began as a very, like, prickly sort of a... Oh, very prickly, right. ...sort of a thing. <laughs> there, there's a certain amount of, <laughs> oh. you know, exerting... You know, authority, expertise, seniority, all of that. Definitely, definitely. You know, we're, we're pretty pretty young at that time, and uh, yeah, I was twenty nine. I think you're twenty what twenty eight then, twenty seven. Much 20. younger than you. Oh, yes. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> jeez. And yeah, I, oh, man. Yeah, it's funny. I I can recall opening an Alban Vineyards Rusan. For him, and he's like, "This is the weirdest thing." It's like a 1990 Rusa. He's like, "This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen from California." Mm-hmm. Like, I'm telling you, this stuff is really, this is made from grapefruit. The two years later, Sinequanon started buying all of the Rusan. Oh wow! That went into their very famous cult wine that now sells for like you can't find it. Oh my gosh! When you do, it's awesome. a fortune. <laughs> That's the fruit that goes into that. That is the backbone of it. You know, there's Chardonnay in there. There's a little Viognier in there as well. But <laughs> it, it's like, okay, I, I feel, you know, X number, what, God, what is it, 30 years later? I feel very smart for having predicted how terrific <laughs> that stuff is. Well, you know, the other thing. I didn't make anything from it, but. Well, we well, and also we opened to doing, you know, what we were doing two full turns at lunch, Tony, right? Yeah, we get. I mean, we had 160 you know, we seats get slaughtered. there. Yeah, yeah, we were doing 320 people at lunch and turning around, you know, at that at that time that was on K and 15th Street on McPherson Square. So at that time, that was more of a daytime area. You know, there were a lot of office buildings down there, what a lot was, of retail down there. Well, that neighborhood at nighttime, it was a nighttime area. It was just a different kind of yeah, nighttime. Yeah, yeah, it was a different kind of nighttime for sure. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was kind of shocked to find that out, but yeah, you I could mean, you could have dinner inside and oh, and, and outside, yeah. find the rest of your evening's entertainment. 
yes, and that's really weird. But um, <laughs> you know, that eventually started to change. But that that um, that neighborhood was really a daytime neighborhood that didn't have any restaurants. It was us and. Um, What's his name across the street? The, the Gerard Pango. Pango across the street. Who came in the summer and, and had your cooking and oh, he's so I nice. had a nice visit with him. Oh, yeah. I love him. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we were really the only two restaurants in that, you know, quite a few blocks really. And um, yeah, so we weren't doing as much business at night when we opened. Eventually we were doing great business at night, but lunch was insane. Uh, yeah. the, the other the other review was a restaurant that you and I also worked at, but we worked at it at different times and that will remain nameless. Um, in DC, and I predicted. Well, but it, but it wasn't it wasn't your name. The, the thing is, the point that I was getting to is like when it's your name, it's like okay, here's my here's my first shot oh, at reputation. Big deal. Yeah, big deal. You were jumping out of your skin, and sure. when the post like like, well, we're gonna do photographs and all this kind of stuff, and and you're like, so what? When is it coming? Like you know, the, you're trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. That that company did not have particularly have a press agent or somebody who was embedded with you know with right. with with people to know. Yeah, we were on our own. What was happening? We were very much on our own on that stuff. And yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. There, there's a very powerless feeling. Like oh. you can do your best. Well, one person's going to make doing a decision. It, you're doing it for an anonymous stranger. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, and someone whose background you really don't know, who doesn't really understand what you're trying to do, is going to write an opinion about. By the way, what what your work has been in the last twenty nine years of your life? Yeah, well, my which yeah. is which is kind of bananas. That that first that first review. Yeah, I mean, I can think of very few things. You know, very few places in life where in your work, you end up with so much writing on that. Like first moment, and you know what? You're not that good at it. You're going to be better at it. Mm-hmm. It takes some experience. It takes some falling down and getting up. Right. Yeah. But no, no one has that. No one comes in with a very like, oh, this so and so is a genius. Mm-hmm. The, the genius is busting your backside. One, like you said, you did all the preparation work, which is a big piece of it. But to go to the experience of all the logistics, all of the training. You know, learning the particular market in a particular situation, you know that that's not been embarked on. Yeah, that that that's a lot, and mm-hmm. and you have that. Well, we were one of the so, first fine dining southern restaurants in the country. So the responsibility of that anonymous stranger, mm-hmm. you know, to you, it, it seems, you know, like otherworldly, and it's funny, and after the fact. As time goes by and as you have other reviews and other reviewers write about stuff that you do, you you start to figure out so-and-so's paying attention to the important things. So-and-so, you know, ca- the best ones always seem like they serve the market. You know, that they actually, they're they're excited for whatever the city is that they're in, whatever the place is that they're in. And they want they want to find cool stuff and they want to share it with people. Yeah, that's good. And stuff. they're not being rotten to be rotten. Right. No. Yeah. I, I will not forget the review that uh, I ended up, if you recall, picking up the River Club as an additional responsibility with that company. Right. And I did in DC uh, because we changed the chef, and we changed the chef <laughs> because of the review <laughs> that the chef had had oh, was boy. just it was about the most rotten. Oh boy. Yeah, I've ever seen. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Like it, when, when you think about your first post review and you, you, you kind of get ding a little bit here and there and it's like, oh man. Right. No, this, these weren't dings. Yeah, these, it was brutal. These were bombs. You know, yeah. these, this is, this is To be clear, I was cannonade. not the chef at this place. We're talking about no, some no, no, other no, person no, no, that no. was a chef of this restaurant. No, another person, yeah. a chef had come down from New York. Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be a big a deal. A hot shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually, his brother worked with us a bit. Man, he just, I've never seen anyone just get slaughtered like that. So w- what does that company do? They they moved me there, you know, so I'm, I'm dealing with both. And, yeah. And, and they move uh, and they hire a chef who is a very talented cook, but... Oh my God! You don't want to eat today, do you? Right? You recall? Oh, I remember you oh. coming home and telling me about what happened each oh, it day. Just, it it maybe it made me crazy, you know. Making soups to order. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. I was you know, soups to order. You, that, you, that's not how you make soup in a restaurant. Pre- you're pretty twitchy. I was used to the old Europeans, where it's like you know, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm I'm very fast. <laughs> I, I I'm all about speed. I'm all about service. I'm all about get the food out of get the it kitchen. Done. Absolutely, and do it as beautifully as we possibly can. And I know how to do it, you know? I mean, that's years of experience. This guy was older than me. Oh, my. But he was definitely not in a hurry. No, and, apparently uh, not. And you had a huge restaurant to serve. It, it was huge. and It was huge. And his review. <laughs> and you had a bar. And his review huge was bar. really good. Oh, is that, I didn't it see. I don't really remember that. It was really good. And it was really popular. Oh. And then we could never get anyone food. <laughs> And if you recall, oh my gosh. if you recall, I called you to borrow your sous chef oh, because I should the, remember that the chef and and told his entire kitchen and they all walked out. Oh, Friday night. Oh, golly. Yeah. What a great so that restaurant was, story that is. So Saturday. <laughs> Goodbye, Saturday, chef and your team. Yeah. By the Friday way, Friday night, the middle of service. By the way, this business has got this amazing review and he's just rolling out the door. And that is that is what nightmares are made of. Yep. Uh, restaurant people's nightmares, right there. That's and that's I, a live a live one, a real one, living. I, I spent nightmare. Saturday trying to teach their corporate chef how to clean beef tenderloin. Oh, I do remember that part. Oh mm-hmm. my God! Yeah, that yeah. was a festive, festive day. Yeah. So, anyway, but, memories. But we'll get to we'll get to more fun and excitement <laughs> when we talk with Jane Marion from Baltimore Magazine uh, in the upcoming segment about the best restaurants issue that's coming out. And what it is like to be in that reviewer's role and what, what she's noticing these days. Great. That'll be fun. On Formula Wolf on Food & Wine or WIPR. Welcome back to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And as we promised, we have uh, with us a guest, Jen Marion, who's the food editor of Baltimore Magazine. And Jen, you, you've been with the magazine for a good while now, haven't you? I have. I've been formerly the food and dining editor for 10 years. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> freelanced for probably another 10 and I got what I, I I'm not afraid to say I got what they call a quiet promotion. Oh, good, <laughs> which 
means no more money, but you get a title. <laughs> it's very quiet. I am, I'm actually now the deputy editor at the magazine. Ooh. Oh, congratulations. Which, thank you, which really just means I've been there a very long time. I'm still the food editor. It's the best beat. I'm not giving it up. Good, good. That's good. Well, that's, and, and a beat in a time when um, there, there's been a lot of energy in the city and in the market in restaurants for sure. And it's it's been cool to kind of like at, we've been at this for a while and here for a while, mm-hmm. and and to kind of watch it coming up around us is a really cool, is a cool thing. You know that as a kid here, I grew up with like oh, you go to Danny's or you go to the Prime Rib or you go to Tio Pepe like that's that right exactly <laughs> you know, that, the yeah. one with all the, f- the paintings on the walls. Hausner's. Hausner's. Hausner's, right? Yeah. 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 You go stand up and, and you stand on the line on Eastern Avenue. I wish I could have seen that. Wait, see if you can get restaurant. in there. Mm. I am. I, I do I do feel lucky that way that Baltimore's had this renaissance on my, on my watch. Um, I moved here from Philly, um, which is a real food town mm-hmm. um, with, a, with terrific little neighborhood spots and a Chinatown and a really vibrant little Italy. And so I was re- really used to all of that. When we moved here, it was... A little disappointing in 1999, um, and so it's been exciting for me too to see it come well, up. Historically, it was also like a club town, country club town, and a little socially a little bit more like Southern town in that way, mm-hmm. where a lot of home, home entertainment and a lot of, of of club entertainment and that sort of thing. The Governor's Club was that actually a club? It it was or, a it was a supper club. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. It was a, 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 everyone who belonged or pe- someone who misbehaved in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> so, so I, oh, my yeah, goodness. Uh, bad things have to come to an end, too. Yeah, so, well, all right. Um, so we, we began the program talking about uh, what it's like to be on the chef side, the restaurateur side, of getting a review. And and this we're, we're talking about this is the big time of the year. You start to see the list come out and the beard nominations come out and and uh, and you usually put out your local best restaurants issue, which is what you always doing right put now. it out yeah. every March. <laughs> yeah. So so now now is that time, and I'm sure that people like in our business and our positions, they wait. Like, did we make it? What are they going to say? Is it all really nice? Did I get dinged? You know, like mm-hmm. you know, because that because a critic will do dinging here and there, right? So what what is it like to put that issue together? One, um, what is the best part of it? What's the worst part of it? Yeah, well, we'll those start, are big start questions. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I it's such a privilege to write about food for a living, and I take it really seriously. And from the outset, ten years ago, when I started doing this. I certainly don't want to make or break a business. I just want to be fair. I want to be honest. Um, but I do represent the reader. Um, we are consumers um, when we uh, when we dine out. But you never want to be unfair either and, and take a place down. We're telling a story from 30 years ago 
mm-hmm. about restaurant view- reviews in D.C., mm-hmm. and I guarantee you that there, <laughs> that was not always the approach of every critic on that market. Well, it's you know it's probably more fun to be a little snarky for sure. Oh. Um, no question. <laughs> fun, fun, for the, fun for the reviewer. It's, it's certainly fun. not fun for it's, anyone right. else. It's, fu- it's yeah. fun for the reader. But <laughs> my so my approach has always been from the outset. I really thought hard about how how do I want to do this. I had never really done it ten years ago. Although I'd eaten out a lot, always enjoyed dining out. Wrote actually a column, a cooking column for TV Guide, which I think I've shared before, yeah. called Celebrity Dish. I interviewed celebrities. So they gave me recipes. It's basically how I learned to cook and how I learned about food. Um, but my approach had to be, you know, how, how are we going to do this? So I decided, because I'm not going to the restaurants, I'm not, I'm only one person. So if we go to 80 to get to 50 or even making the original list is a big deal, because if you're not on the list of 80, then we don't even go. But I wanted to make sure we were all speaking the same language. And even though, uh, you know, eating something is completely subjective, um, I wanted to codify it the best I could by coming up with a checklist, which included, of course, service, ambiance, the food itself, sort of some X factors. But within those things, things like service, well, what was the timing between courses? Was the server helpful in some, you know, did they help me make my decision or did they detract? Um, Were the dishes cleared between courses, which I know sounds a little silly, but I recently was on dessert um, when the salad plates were still on the table. Things like that that are pretty concrete. Um, (laughs) It's not, you know, how did the steak taste? Because that's really kind of hard to describe or to explain to a chef, you know, I didn't like your steak. Well, why? Um, But if I could say it was overcooked, it came out cold, um, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, um, maybe it was, you know, overly fatty or something like that, might take pictures. Then I, I, I do feel like I, oh, even though I represent the reader, I do get calls from restaurant owners. And um, I'm sure you get some excited ones. Once <laughs> <in a while. laughs> I wonder what they I have that been, like. <laughs> I have been reamed out um, oh, wow. numerous times. I usually ask people to call me back um, because they don't want to hear it. Um, I'm not a restaurant consultant, but and I would never throw a particular server under a bus, but I might say, you know, this is the time of year that I went. This is what I ordered. This was the experience. Um, uh, so... You know, they, they sometimes just don't want to hear it. And I just, I stay calm. <laughs> reality is tough. <laughs> and the reality is it's all humans and they're all and we all make mistakes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we all have issues and, mm-hmm. and we also don't all right. face, face them very well. Yeah. So um, the best part of the job is just doing the work, getting out there and, and yeah, eating pretty much every Saturday night, Friday night. You guys sometimes see me around town. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally it gets tiresome, but... You know, mostly it's just a joy Good. to get That's dressed great. up and mm-hmm. go and go out on the town and have fun. And I usually take my husband, not always. Um, it's it's kind of fun to think about who will I take for this particular meal. If somebody um, is a vegetarian, they're not coming to the steakhouse with me. If they're sure. gluten-free, we're not going out for pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly it's just a total joy to, to eat out. I, I love it. I suffered, as we all did, during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this year in particular was just such a such a joy to return with complete abandon because last year was a little strange as well. Right, right, um, right. 
The worst part of the job is that the 50 restaurants on the list, of course, are really happy, um, but all the other restaurants are not. And I do want to say, if anyone out there owns a restaurant and is disappointed that they didn't make the list, is that this is just 2022 into 2023. This is a snapshot of March 2022 to March 2023. Today, the issue is out. New chance, new day. I'll, you know, if someone calls and says, you know, they're disappointed, I'll go back. I'll say, you know, we're, we're back to square one. Um, this is That's just good. this past year. It's a glimpse of a scene. Um, so I, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that if you have a reviewer who's responsible and respected and has knowledge and is not does not have some weird axe to grind, it helps you keep your feet on the ground. Because you, you have to constantly ask yourself in our business, there's so many details. Is this getting done? Is that getting done? Is that correct? Is that light bulb taken care of? You know, I, I walk in the restaurants. So what do I do? I go to the restrooms first. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to, ma- to make sure that they're <laughs> make sure that they're right. You know, I mean that. You, that there's so many things to to mind, to pay attention to, and so if you if you put yourself on that alert of like, a reviewer could be here. What's not just what's happening at their table, what's happening at the next table and the next ta- then, it helps you keep your perspective that, everyone coming in is a big deal. That's right. Everyone coming in is who pays the bills. Uh, we're very happy to see you. You don't actually pay the bills. No, I don't. <laughs> it's it's you know it's 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 Bob and Joan are out for their anniversary, who are going to come once every five years. That it's a big deal for, mm-hmm. and our reputation with them, that little individual experience. That's the thing that, like if, if you use the 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 idea or the power of review to motivate yourself to be in those little moments. Yes. And provide for those little moments, then. It can be really helpful and really motivating. A little bit like a report card. Oh, it's, know? it's totally a report yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. I mean, you're always looking forward to your report card, hopefully. But not always, maybe. I don't know. You and know, I, it's and like, I, do, I do go to... Um, I, I do go to the bathroom. Oh, of course. You, yeah, I, w- um, I would if I were you. That's you know, for sure. And the menus, I say this every year. If the if, if you have a menu, I'm really happy now. But um, you know, instead of a QR code, but um, <sighs> menus being stained are are just. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's no excuse. Dead flowers on a table or, you know, wilting flowers. Maybe oh, it sounds picky, but I don't yeah, think so. No. Okay. So that because I, I like to do these best and worst things. Handful of best surprises this year in your issue. Handful of, and you don't have to name names, disappointments in this issue. You mean in reporting, things that didn't make the list? Um, Well, not to pick on servers, because, I mean, service has gone through a lot, um, I have to tell you guys, the past few years. The the economic upheaval around the business and around service positions in the business has just been nuts. Right. So now there's a lot of uh, restaurants are putting surcharges on on the bill. 22%, I saw as high as 23% last year week, actually, at Woodbury Tavern, which just reopened. Uh, La Cuchara is 22%. 
That's a big number. I always tip 20. That's just my standard. I mean, if someone is extraordinary, um, maybe they did CPR in the restaurant or something like that, they might get more. But I think 20%, you know, is is a fair tip um, and, the, and the high end. So, you know, these are not inexpensive restaurants. We're already talking about restaurants that are easily going to be, depending on what you eat and drink, $7,500 a person, and then you're tacking on this this enormous tip, and it's, it's kind of shocking. So if I know that going in, and if I accept that, I really want supreme service. It's got to be absolutely flawless. Um, those two examples I just gave you were I've had good service, but there was a restaurant that is not on this list where I just had to laugh. It was actually one of the funnier things that has happened. Um, the server took out a lint brush and was using it in the middle of the of the dining room, and I just thought that was on kind themselves. Of, mm-hmm, on themselves. <laughs> little little late to the game. <laughs> on a black suit, so this was like you know, this was not a um, yeah. Don't don't be alarmed. This wasn't little late to the game. Yeah, that that was. <laughs> tickled me, I'd say. Another server at at another restaurant um, was rude when I asked, I always like to ask the server, what do you recommend? And they should have an answer for that. Um, Even if they haven't eaten the food, they should be coached to say, these are signature dishes, or these are the things we need to move tonight. Um, And she said to me, I don't know what you want from me. And I said, oh, oh, I just want wow. a recommendation. It's, that's your job. <laughs> that is what is yeah, what I mean, the person think their job was. I said, they're there to serve and sell food. Wow. Yeah, I always teach right. it. Mm. You 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 are the guest advocate, but you also are meant to be an expert on the restaurant. You're the person that's going to make them comfortable, and much more likely to be happy with their choices. So. Right take that part seriously. Exactly. And then, you know... Um, Though I, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't love to say to a guest sometime and ask a question, what do you want from me? <laughs> Come on. What do you want from me? Cut it out. You know, it's interesting. The the host or hostess position, you um, at your restaurants have, at some of your restaurants, have maitre d's, which is a whole other level of welcoming somebody in. But it's interesting because most restaurants have a young person often right out of college or sometimes still in college. And that person is the ambassador to the restaurant. It's the first person I see when I come in. So they shouldn't ignore me. Um, They should look up from the reservation book or from their phone. Um, So, you know, again, I had some of those experiences where the host did not look up from a phone, um, said, hold on a minute, kind of rudely, um, so, you know, all those things, I mean, any one of those things, I mean, the lint brush probably is a deal killer and the rude, really rude server probably is as well. But, you know, a young host who doesn't really know what they're doing, that's not going to be a deal killer. I'm not going to take that out of a restaurant. It's all these little things, though, that add up. Mm. And if they're too many. Yeah. So we're going to need to take a break from former well-found food and wine on WYPR. And when we come back, I also want to circle back to the whole maitre d' hosts question because I have a couple of thoughts around that on Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine on WIPR.
Welcome back to Foreman the Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And with us today is Jan Marion, who is... Yay. I've got to get your new title straight. <laughs> the deputy, deputy editor, editor nice. of Baltimore Magazine. Love it. And uh, food and dining editor for the magazine as well. Yes. We haven't really figured out a way you to got, merge those. So you got like super long business cards. I like card lots now. of titles. That's good. Good for <laughs> you. <laughs> Grand Poobah. Right. Um, and we're talking about reviews, and, and we stopped in the middle of place of a conversation. You had a comment. Well, you were talking about maitre d's or you know people hosting, and I I was just up at the CAA and I was I was uh, talking to a host at the door of the one of the restaurants that we went to, and we we're actually staying in the hotel there. And I looked at her, and she was quite young and probably a college student. And I said, "Oh, so now because I hadn't been up to culinary in like ten years." And so I said, "Oh, so what's the concept of the restaurant now?" She couldn't tell me. I said, "What's wow. the name?" Yeah, she could not <laughs> begin to tell me what the concept of the restaurant was. And then I said, "Oh, and what's the name of the chef then?" And she couldn't tell me the name of the chef. And I'm like, "If if if I was your chef, I'd want to kill you right wow. now." But yeah, I was astonished. I think that HR I mean, would have issues. With well, that probably. Chef, yeah. But I mean, it was just like she couldn't answer any base. I'm like, "Oh, this is." But anyway, so that was what hopefully, I was thinking of when you were telling. that was the good lesson for her. I don't think so. I no. don't think it had any uh, impact on her at all, actually. Well, a, a, a word on host, because then we're thinking about things, you know, none of us are 25. The world's level of social skill is changing rapidly. An awful lot of people's social skills are electronic, primarily at this point, right? Very true. Is that a social I, skill? There, there are plenty of people. <laughs> well, it's a, it's, it's an, it's an avenue. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But what I mean is the whole, like making eye contact with someone. That's totally true. Spe- speaking with someone. Yeah. There, there, there are an awful lot of people who will, they will text and write a book, but they will not call on the phone and speak with you. The, there are people who book reservations online, who, are, pleased to just like show up and say one word which is their name and really? say like and not have an actual exchange there's so there's no confrontation they feel yeah. like it's confrontation in yeah. a negative way i think yeah it's it's in, 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 odd yeah in, in, instead of actually being in society with other humans sure um so i think some of that is slipped away, slipping away and i think it's not a point of emphasis for a lot of places it ends up being like well it it it's a, it it counts less than the other areas, right? And the reality is that that diners. I have a, a theory about momentum. You know, like if you pull up, and if if there's valet parking and the valets are nice, that's 100%. nice. Hundred percent. I've written about if, your valets. <laughs> we have great we have great folks. If you if you uh, if you walk in the door, and someone's glad to see you walk in the door, that's it. Just it makes you like oh. I I could belong here, you know. You know 100%. that it, it it's funny the the whole the whole idea of restaurant which is to restore someone all of that has to do with it, it a lot of times we think comfort and, and we, a lot of times sorry a lot of times we think fancy and dressed up but like the reality is comfortable in your own skin in that moment and that person who was on that door that's that's why that is such a big deal. One hundred percent, and and it goes back to what I always say: people might not remember what they ate, but they remember how they were treated always. And sure. part of that isn't just the server; it's the maitre d or the host or the valet or the person who took the coat. It's all of it. So it's very important. 
Yeah, if if you're if you're coming into if you have a restaurant and people are coming into your house and you have a lot of kind people, you're probably going to have good service. If that if that's a priority and that's something that you teach and something that you want and something that you 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 push, if it's purely efficiency or purely dog eat dog, that's going to come across. No question. And, you know, after the pandemic, we're just literally hungering to be out again um, and and to connect. Um, I've been seeing lately more people eating at the bar. And I've been to a couple of new Mm. restaurants, including um, Ash Bar in the Hotel Ulysses, which is is a really cool spot. They have these lovely banquettes. And the tables are kind of close together. And I've been there two or three times. And each time... The people next to us have spoken to us, and it's like we were eating dinner together. That's great. I love that. I'm seeing more of that, and I want more of that personally. Mm -hmm. We're working from home. We're very disconnected. And, you know, eating in a restaurant has always been a way to escape and been a haven of some sort. But now I'm finding it's kind of a way to, to connect with other people as well. Yeah, and we, we've we've our bar businesses definitely increased, and I think it is. It's well, fun. dining at the bar, yeah. specifically. Yeah. That's what, I'm sorry, that's what I mean, right? And yeah, I mean, I think they like the interaction with the bartender. We get we get a number of single guests. You know, they feel you know comfortable to eat and drink and interact with the bartender if they're on their own, or you know, like you say, then two people, two couples will start talking to each other around the corner. I love that. I yeah, love that. I, some of my most memorable meals actually this year have been, or, and 2022, were just where I sat down with, you know, with my husband. We were, you know, just the two of us and had ended up, we actually at the bar at Charleston, we met these fabulous people and we took their phone numbers and oh, we good. said we'd be in touch. It hasn't happened yet, but it, you know, it might. Yeah. Um, That's so, cool. I yeah, like that. Really cool. So it, it Dining, so dining at the bar—that's one trend that you're seeing. It, you get you that you get to just about everywhere. What are the other trends that you see that you think are interesting, remarkable? So, um, luxury ingredients have become a huge thing everywhere. Not just the Milton Inn, Charleston, a place like the Prime Rib. You're seeing caviar and foie gras and truffles, and maybe in places they shouldn't be, but I always enjoy them. (laughs) (laughs) And I do think coming, again, coming out of the pandemic, people are feeling like they just want to indulge and they want to treat themselves to something wonderful. Um, So I sort of love that trend. Um, I had had some caviar and some onion dip at Marta a few weeks ago. And again, maybe it didn't belong in there. But I thought it was pretty delicious, scooped up with some potato chips. Mm -hmm. If it's tasty, it's tasty. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that um, it seems now like everyone's inspired by their grandmother. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. But everyone who opens a restaurant has some nod to to their grandmother which i think is kind of cool i've always been inspired by my grandmother and my mom and yeah it's my great grandma yeah. that taught me to cook i mean that's mm-hmm. yeah well that's nice that folks are doing that i think because everyone now has to have a story in quotes so they're sharing their story um so we're hearing hearing more of that um i'm also seeing people are getting more dressed up oh i love that you know i wish they would i, I would say i would just from our places, I would say it's mixed. Mm-hmm. They're either going, they're either going north or south. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I am. I'm, I'm tired of you know wearing like yoga clothes all day. <laughs> I don't. Nobody ever sees me. I work from home, and 
um, you know, I have nice clothes and I want to wear them. And I know other people feel that way as well. So oh, that's, love, kind of, that's kind of fun. Love that. Love that. Well, you know, I think Sex in the City started that sort of whole craze of wearing your, you know, Manolo Blahniks and you can't afford them, but you're buying them. Right. And, you know, that, that whole time was so much fun seeing people really dressing up and, you know, going to town. And I, lo- I just I love seeing people dress yeah. like that. That's all part of it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's part experience. of the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's part of the show, part of the experience. It makes you feel good when you're dressed like that. So, yeah. What's nice is when you make when you make the effort towards your appearance, I would say, in whatever direction of formality, but you made a real effort towards your appearance and you go into a room where a lot of other people have made an effort you, you you get a little bit of that, like I'm on a movie set. I'm not just at dinner. Yeah, d- I kind mean, kind of a feeling too, which is which is it's theater, that's, right? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a little magical at the yeah. high end. Certainly, dinner it's it's theater. There's a show, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've heard. I've heard chefs say it's showtime. Oh, my, my first know. chef said that when I did my apprenticeship in Charleston. He, he Every every night at the beginning of service, it's showtime. Yeah. And the first time I heard him say that, I was like, oh, wow, okay. You know, I had never worked in a kitchen. I was just like, oh, okay, I get it. It's showtime, yes. And we had a show kitchen, too. <laughs> so it was open to the dining room, which and it was absolutely gorgeous. And, um, you know, that was kind of unusual then. This was 1984. So, yeah, it yeah. was a very – it was a gorgeous restaurant. But, yeah, it's showtime. And I almost always say at the beginning of service, let's get this party started, which, you know, is – I just, love that. I know, yeah, I, well, it's from that song. But I do I do love it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> It is shocking. You know, I'm in a lot of kitchens when the lights are on and nobody is in the dining room. And it feels like a very different experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, Chef, I know you shared with me when – Charleston was closed and you went into that space during the pandemic um, how difficult it was to see this yeah, it place was heartbreaking. Nothing and nobody in it. Yeah, no, knowing the not no, not knowing when we were coming back, not knowing when I would be there with my cooks again, so, and I will never forget the day the so, governor told us we had to close down and I had to walk up to my cooks and say, "Okay, stop cleaning. We're going home." And mm. you know, seeing your face um, the first day of putting food in to-go boxes, hmm. if you recall, I told you, I'm like, just go to your sister's for like three weeks. It was awful. We'll take care of this. Well, I didn't, but <laughs> almost. I, I went for like a week. But yeah. Like, no, it, no, no. It, no, was, no. It, 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 was, it was awful. No. It was, it was heartbreaking. I it really was. That. Yeah. Do you just, get calls for carryout now? Oh, God, no. I, I say no now. I'm like, I don't, even, I want, don't ever say the word to go to me again. I don't want to hear it. Don't ever say it. I want to, don't move your lips. It's funny. No. There's some, there's no, some, no. Some of the places, it's in, because we're diverse enough, some of the places are still very ingrained. Oh yeah, you're you're just talking about me. Uh, The other restaurants do it, but I I will not. I mean, we have one guest that I will do that for. I'm not even gonna say it, and it's only because they're you know super special and they're older, and I know it helps them out. So of course I'm gonna do it. But yeah, the other places do a good bit of it still. Yeah, but some it it increased to a great degree, and it's never gone. It's like oh. We can we can do this. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of amazing. This is good. We can keep doing this. Well, one of our places does a tremendous amount of to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I can't even imagine. I don't know how that, how the heck they get service done. They do so much to go. It's insane, actually. Yeah, and there are alternate menus for for many spots yeah. as well. Mm. But yeah, no, we're the crazy people that will do everything for. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't gone away. Carry out is going strong. It's It's another revenue stream for places. And um, (coughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, nor is Al Fresco Dining, which I I can't believe sometimes 
I oh, was visiting a friend in Philly in uh, in January, and she has some health issues and didn't want to go inside, and we're sitting outside eating pizza. I couldn't believe it. January. I love it. I mean, just to me, me it's so European. And mm-hmm. I mean, I love that Europeans, you know, sit outside with their scarves on and their jackets, and maybe they have heaters, maybe they don't, and they just take it in stride. I'm like, I, that's. I think that's the one good thing about, you know, that has come out of all this is that we do have all this wonderful alfresco di- dining, and the guests realize it's fun, and yeah, we should be doing this. Yeah, it's it, it's refreshing in a different mm-hmm. in a different way. It's mm-hmm. it's quite nice. Um, the last question I'm going to ask you, at least for the moment, <laughs> <laughs> what are the things that you risk that you would love to see more of from restaurants in our market, and maybe a few less of? <laughs> oh boy, I've got to think about this. More of. Um, I remember hearing a, a critic go on on incredible rants about molten lava cake one time. <laughs> <laughs> How that they'd rather have it just like that, rather have an ill aimed gunshot wound in the head yeah. than ever see another molten lava cake. So I guess I'll cake. start I'll start then with, with less of on, on that order of just the whole cauliflower and kale. And um, <laughs> I saw Cajun wings on a menu that was kind of a high-end menu the other day. I'm like, Cajun food, like, what? when did, like, that go away, you know, in the 80s? Um, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of how to say this. When I am reviewing, say, for best restaurants, I can sometimes tell from, I've said this before, the bread, the water, and just some greens how this meal is going to be it just and looking at the menu sometimes I look at menus and there's just nothing new they're so tiresome they're not innovative um, it's everything I've seen before I could have opened up my fridge at home I have the same ingredients and maybe could have put the dish better together than it's going to be on that menu so I guess I want to be I want to see more variety, more excitement, more innovation. I mean, we have a ton of it, but um, no one should rest on their laurels in this market. Um, we are now, we rival any any major eating city. That wasn't always so. We've got national recognition, um, James Beard nominations, James Beard awards. We've been in Bon Appetit and Saveur. And um, I think that, um, you know, Everyone, when the food scene is great, it brings everybody up. And also, we attract more people to the city, mm-hmm. um, whether it's tourists or chefs coming from out of town to work here and, and live here and make a life for themselves. So um, I'm not sure I'm answering your question, but I just, I want I want more of the good, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, it's fun. It's the one thing, and I, and I think we're almost out of time. The one thing I would say, there are classics that... If they're executed to a really marvelous degree with great ingredients, there's nothing I'm more excited to see on a menu. That being said, that is rarely the case. You really have you, you really have to know someone's quality commitment in order to 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 think. Oh, yeah. And I and I do love. Um, we just got, I believe, I could be wrong, our first Ven- our first uh, Syrian restaurant, Amora, in the Ritz-Carlton. Oh, wow. That's great. So, which is great. The timing, of course, you know, is, you know, I was there actually right twice, right before 
um, the earthquake, and I think they're doing a big fundraiser now. But you know, so Kibanaya is going to be Kibi is going to be the That's next exciting. thing that we all, okay. you know, rolls off our tongues. But um, pinchos, you know, at La Cuchara, nobody knew what Basque country cuisine was before that. Probably didn't even know where to find it on a map. Uh, much to much to your chagrin, I'm sure. But I love that. Um, you know, I love that Alma is, you know, serving wonderful Venezuelan food. And again, I don't think no, there's it's any nice. other. It's been nice to see that young chef really grow up. Too. Oh, he's 29 years old, you know. Yeah. So, you know, fine dining, Venezuelan food in, in Baltimore. So I want more of that. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming yeah. on with us. So good to thanks see you. Thanks for having me. That's, I, I know we could talk forever about this stuff. But, yeah. Um, so that's Jen Marion, the deputy editor and Food <laughs> and bother. dining editor <laughs> and all the other titles from Baltimore Magazine. Best Restaurant Issue is out. And uh, thanks, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for being with us. If you want to listen to this program again or any one of our other programs, go to the WIPR website. Look for the Foreman Wolf page. You find our podcast there. There's a full menu of goodies. To email, correspond with us, it's foremanwolf at WIPR.org. To follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram as Chef Wolf. My Instagram is the real Tony Foreman. And hey, thanks for listening.